What's up, Dub Nation? This is the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast with Sports Ethos presentation. Sam Warlick here. We've got a very special Christmas Day episode breaking down the Warriors' tough, tough, tough loss on the road at Denver, as well as talking about their last few games coming off of a back-to-back victory over Washington and Portland. So let's just jump right into it. Warriors coming into this game at Denver had won their last five wins against Washington and Portland were double digit wins plus 11 against Washington plus 20 against Portland. Interestingly enough, coming into this game at Denver, the Warriors had only won four games uh, with a margin of over double digits. And they only have had two losses um, over double digits. So it was on the road against Houston, plus 11, New Orleans, plus 28, and Detroit, plus 11. We just talked about the two games at home against Washington and Portland. And then their two double-digit losses were at Cleveland, minus 11, and home against OKC, minus 19. What does that mean? It means that the Warriors coming into this game against Denver led the league in 22 single-digit results. And even more than that is all of these games were crunch time games, which means that it was uh, within five points with five minutes or less to go in the game. So what does that really mean? Well, On the one hand, it is a great sign that the Warriors aren't getting blown out when you talk about all the struggles that they had really before coming into this game at Denver in their five-game winning streak. You've had injuries to Draymond Green. You've had the Draymond Green suspension. You've been without GP2 with Clay and Wiggins struggling. Consider all of the ups and downs inconsistencies, inefficiencies, inability to execute, to win in overtime, to close out games, and you've only been blown out twice. And you've been in all of these very, very, very close games that really could have gone either way. Now, the flip side of that is for a team that's boasting this veteran core, that's won all of these championships, that has all this experience, It is frustrating to not win those games, to have it be a five-point game in either direction, either up five or down five with five minutes to go, and not be able to close out these games despite having all this experience and have been here before and on a big stage and having Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and, and so on and so forth is equally as frustrating to not have more, to not have been able to rack up some more wins. So it is a positive and a benefit, or sorry, it is a it is a plus and a minus at the same time. But regardless, at the end of the day, the Warriors have been leaguing the lead in these close crunch time games. Um, this match against Denver was no exception to that. Uh, 120 to 114 was the final. Um, this was a... Very close, tight-knit game, back and forth. Um, Denver got off to a 10-point lead early. Steph and Klay Thompson didn't really have it going. Well, 
Early in the first, Clay hit a couple threes, which got the offense going. Curry um, had one free throw going into halftime. He basically didn't have a field goal. And so it felt like the Warriors were in a really good place, um, all things considered, going into the half. Um, it was 54-53, the dubs ahead. Um, sorry, Curry had one field goal. Curry had a made three going into halftime. Um, Andrew Wiggins had 10 points. He would he finally would return after missing the last few games to illness. Uh, Warriors ended up keeping the same starting starting unit of Curry, Thompson, Pods, Kaminga, and Looney. Looney's been better. Um, you don't necessarily see it on the box score, and it's not necessarily like Looney's a highlight reel or anything, but you just see that he's playing with a little bit more intensity and intentionality, fighting for rebounds, making the right plays, defending without fouling. Looney was certainly needed in this game to help body Jokic, and he did an admirable admirable job at that. Jokic at the half was 1 for 5 from the field, 0 of 1 from 3, 4 of 4 from the line, only a plus 10 in his 18 minutes of play. Warriors got Jamal Murray into foul trouble and Eric Gordon. They would have 3 and 2 fouls respectively. So coming into halftime, you had to feel pretty good about this game. Um, as a Warriors fan, Warriors were shooting 9 of 18 from 3, uh, 17 from 40 from the field overall, so not a lot of shots dropping other than the 3 ball. Um, and um, an unfortunate amount of turnovers, though. Uh, 10 turnovers at the half, 3 of which came from Clay Thompson, 2 from Pods, 2 from Curry, and man, those Clay Thompson turnovers were just a real head-scratcher. Clay had 2 at... Um, I want to say in the first quarter, Clay had two turnovers where he just stepped out of bounds. Um, nothing to do with the defense. And between Curry and Pods, they were really trying to feed Trace Jackson Davis on um, pick and rolls. Uh, Jackson Davis was rolling to the cup, and it looked like, you know, the opening was there. But, you know, Denver is the defending champs, and they read that play, they knew the scouting report. And they must have gotten a good three or four steals just in the first half, reading that play and blitzing the action um, and able to intercept those passes. So definitely some things to clean up, but it was great to see Andrew Wiggins come off the bench and be aggressive. He was two of four from the field. He hit two threes, four of four from the free throw line. Andrew Wiggins has actually been surprisingly very good from the foul line. Um, over the last few weeks, I think he's only missed about one free throw. Um, if I had to guess, yeah, Wiggins is shooting 90% from the foul line over the last five games. His three point stroke looks good as it's, as it has been looking good consistently over the last few weeks. So Wiggins definitely seems to be kind of rounding into form at least offensively. Um, so Warriors feeling pretty good about themselves in the first half. Second half rolls around, and things didn't really go as planned. Uh, Clay Thompson would end up going one for six. He hit one three. Kaminga um, 
struggled defensively. The Warriors did a great job of stopping Jokic, but were not playing him for the pass. And so we saw Michael Porter Jr. really get loose, um, as well as Jamal Murray, Caldwell Pope. Jokic was just putting on a masterclass at finding the right guys um, and drawing fouls. Uh, Nikola Jokic, again, we talked about one of five from the field and four of four from the line. He would go 14 for 14 from the line in the second half. And Nikola Jokic would end up with 18 free throws. He was 18 for 18 from the line. That was a career high and a franchise career high for most consecutive free throws made in a game. Um, and so that was tough. Steve Kerr talked about this post game. It was, as Steve Kerr said, a disgusting second half. If he was a fan, he would not have wanted to watch that game. There were a lot of whistles. There were a lot of free throws. Warriors were not able to get into a flow offensively or defensively. And it was a lot of touch fouls. It was a lot of silly fouls. It was a lot of inconsistent fouls where... Um, Jokic was getting these touch fouls on one end and, and Warriors feeling like they weren't getting similar calls on the other. Um, some of that is to be expected as the Warriors have just found themselves on the wrong side of a whistle for, um, it feels like several decades, especially on the road, especially on a primetime, uh, you know, Christmas day game. So you got to play through it. And unfortunately they could not. Um, again, we talked about 120 to 114 was the final Warriors. You know, it was another crunch time game. They they were within five points with five minutes to go. And Curry and Thompson could not find the bottom of the net. Um, Clay coming into this game had six straight games of scoring 20 or more. You know, that came to a screeching halt as, as Clay Thompson only had um, nine points in 32 minutes 10 10 threes attempted he uh he was rushed he did not have the same patience and poise as we've seen from clay in this five game winning streak he was blocked at least twice on his three-point attempts michael porter jr obviously you know a full six foot ten as uh as the as the broadcast talked about on the game just kind of making some fun of them um, there and, and he got up um, in Michael Porter Jr. being able to contest Clay Thompson. You could see the intentionality of the Denver Nuggets with reading the scouting report and having a game plan and strategy, which was to neutralize Curry and Thompson. And they did just that. Uh, both struggled mightily. Curry was a team worst, minus 26 in 34 minutes. He was 7 for 21 from the field. Again, he was only 1 for 5 at half. So he was able to get, you know, 6 made field goals in the second half, but only 3 of 13 from the 3-point line. He only attempted 1 free throw, uh, 4 assists, a steal, a block, and 3 turnovers. 18 points on the night, which um, was second highest on the team in scoring. But man, that minus 26 in those 34 minutes is rough and just really tells the tale of, of how effective, you know, that Chris Paul bench unit has been all season. Um, but it's going to be tough to win games when when uh, Curry and Thompson both fail to crack uh, 20 points and you're not playing necessarily elite defense and you're not 
holding, you know, the opposing team under 100 points. So that was certainly frustrating. Um, again, we talked about Andrew Wiggins and how it was great to get him back in the lineup after being out the last few games due to illness. Wiggins continued playing well into the second half after the first. Wiggins would end up with a team-high 22 points. He was plus 18, which was also a team best in 28 minutes, almost 29 minutes. 7 for 11 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, 6 of 6 from the line, uh, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, and a block. He had 5 fouls but did not foul out. Um, and this is going to be interesting because we had a surging Jonathan Kaminga coming into this game, but obviously Steve Kerr is going to ride the hot hand. Uh, Kaminga was a second worst, minus 24 in his 23 minutes, although you know, four of eight from the field and five of eight from the line. Kaminga was very aggressive, which was much needed. His outside shot did not fall, um, 0 for 1 from 3. And uh, Kaminga's just doing a really good job of recognizing offensively when he can use his speed, athleticism, and strength to get either get by or finish over slower or smaller defenders, which has been a... Very good weapon for Steve Kerr and the Warriors. Unfortunately for Kaminga, though, defensively, he just did not have it. Obviously, going against the the defending champs and, and a team that really excels at ball movement and finding the open man and, and mismatches, Kaminga did not, a do, did not do a good job at neutralizing Aaron Gordon, recognizing when to sag off of him and rotate to close out to the other shooters like Caldwell Pope or Jamal Murray. And um, oftentimes the Warriors found themselves not in the correct defensive coverages and, and yielding open three-pointers that this veteran Denver team was striping. Denver 14 for 34 on threes for the night. Um, Warriors 14 of 40. So when you look at the team stats here, it was very even. Um, turnovers ended up 13 to 14 favor of Warriors. So Warriors had 10 turnovers in the first half. They only had three in the second half, which is incredible. And on the night, 13. You would take 13 turnovers on any night. Um, they lost the rebounding battle 39 to 43. However, offensive rebounds were pretty close to 9 and 10. Warriors ended up with 87 shot attempts to Denver's 82. Um, but both teams had 40 made field goals, 14 made threes. Denver shot 32 free throws to the Warriors' 23. Um, rebounds, again, were close but favored Denver 39 to 43. Assists 23 to 25. Um, Six steals, four blocks for Denver. Seven steals, three blocks for the Warriors. So, you know, overall, team stats-wise, it was very even across the board, I would say. I mean, in a six-point game, and, and all of these stats were very, very close. The, again, the only glaring difference is Nikola Jokic, 18 for 18 from the foul line. Uh, Warriors did not have anybody attempting double-figure free throws. Um, Denver had six more free throws than the Warriors, um, despite having uh, nine more attempts. So in a six-point game, 
the six the six free throws made were basically the difference with all stats more or less being equal. So I think, you know, you'd probably take that most nights than not. It's just unfortunate that you weren't able to get more production out of your main guys on a night where Saric had double figures off the bench with 14 points. Wiggins had the team high 22. Chris Paul had 13. Pods had 13. Kaminga had 13. You know, Warriors had six guys in double figures. Denver had um, five guys in double figures. The difference was Denver had 26 and 28 from uh, Murray and Jokic. Michael Porter Jr. had 19. Gordon had 16. Pope had 16. Basically, Denver's entire starting unit just went bonkers. Um, they basically got like less than 20 points off the bench for the Warriors. The Warriors starting unit struggled mightily. Um, they had like less than 50 points from their starting group. Um, and then their bench, as they've been all year, really kept them in this game and gave them a chance to win it. Um, with Wiggins, Paul, and Sarge again in double figures, all three of them. So this was obviously a disappointing result. You still have to feel overall pretty good about not um, just getting blown out in Denver against a very good Denver Nuggets team. This, however, certainly would have been a very, very, very big win. Were they able to pull this out and continue the win streak and continue to stack up wins? Um, couple other notable things to mention here for the dubs pods just went absolutely bonkers in this one he had again 13 points nine rebounds six assists and five steals in 34 minutes he led the team in minutes actually pods played four more seconds than steph curry on the night it was pods and curry with 34 minutes thompson with 32 and then uh, Wiggins played almost 29 minutes. Chris Paul played 28 minutes. Um, Looney and Kaminga played in the low 20s. Trace Jackson Davis played 15 minutes. He picked up five fouls, which kind of explains the less, the lower amount of minutes. And then Saric also played almost 20 minutes. So. Um, this is going to be, you know, and, and Moses Moody only played two minutes. So looking at the rotation and the minutes distribution, obviously this is going to change game to game. We already know that Steve Kerr's already said that he's going to play the matchups. He's going to continue with this starting unit. I do, I do feel good about the group that they have, you know, the two groups that they have on the floor, the Curry Thompson, Pods, Kaminga, Looney lineup, and then the Paul, Wiggins, Saric, Jackson, Davis off the bench. Um, unfortunately, Moses Moody is just the odd man out of the rotation. He is really playing the three defensively, but right now with how the Warriors are built, the three guard really needs to stop the point of attack. And so... Moody, that's just not in his skill set at the moment compared to Wiggins and Kaminga. So a lot of what we're seeing is, is that Moody's 
basically playing like a backup two guard. And so when everyone's healthy, there just isn't that many minutes to be had at that spot because you've got pods and Clay Thompson um, really holding it down there. So just tough overall um, for Moses Moody to crack the rotation. We'll see. Obviously, things can change. And um, and what's going to happen when GP2 comes back? We'll probably see the Warriors go 10 deep with uh, GP2 maybe absorbing some minutes uh, collectively from the group. Maybe that's a few minutes from Clay Thompson, a few minutes from Kaminga, a few minutes from Pods and Curry and Paul. So um, that's going to be quite a challenge, though. And, and this whole roster is going to continue to be a challenge to manage, especially when Draymond gets back. What do they do when you've got a legit 12 guys who can play? Steve Kerr doesn't want to play 12 guys every night. He wants to play eight guys, nine guys who can really get into a rhythm. And he wants to play guys at the same spots, in the same kind of rhythm, in the same kind of rotation, so they can build some familiarity and consistency. So obviously Draymond Green being suspended really throws a wrench in that whole concept of building consistency. But the silver lining to that has been over the last week plus, because Draymond's been out of the out of the lineup, it's afforded Kerr the ability to start Kaminga and really get Kaminga going, start pods. Pods is breaking out and as a rookie and, and proving that he has so much to offer the Warriors, both offensively and defensively. Now you've got Trace Jackson Davis playing minutes at the four and the five, um, or really just the five. And you've got Trace Jackson Davis as this vertical dynamic big man that the Warriors likely haven't had since the days of early Andres Biedrins, almost, I'd say. Um, maybe you count JaVale McGee as that kind of vertical threat um, back in, in the early dynasty years, but obviously I think Jackson Davis has a lot more upside than McGee did simply, you know, where they're at in their careers. So Jackson Davis has really busted onto the scenes. It does feel like his effectiveness and overall minutes are going to depend on the matchups and the Warriors' ability to find him. He finished, again, I said, you know, he played about 15 minutes, three of four from the field, two of two from the line, three rebounds and an assist, picked up five fouls. A couple of those fouls were just real ticky-tacky. I mean, he's going up with verticality. These are not bad plays. He's not reaching for the ball. He looks really sound defensively and offensively. The question for the Warriors is going to be, can they get stops? Can they get out in transition? And can they execute getting him the ball? I mentioned that in this Denver game earlier in the first quarter, there were at least two, if not three possessions, um, two of which were from pods, where pods threw a bounce pass that was pretty telegraphed. Um, to a rolling Jackson Davis, right idea, not the right pass. It gets picked off. Denver then turned it over on their own end. Pods gets the ball back, throws another pass to Jackson Davis. It gets picked off again. So they're looking for him. They're making a concerted effort. But at the same time, opposing defenses are reading the scouting report. They're watching tape on the Warriors. They're starting to know what to expect and what to predict. So I'd like to see the Warriors diversify their action, maybe run some counter plays, or just be a little bit more patient. Steph Curry threw an incredible uh, pass 
no look pass from the hash mark to Jackson Davis for a thundering dunk. I'd like to see more of that. We saw Chris Paul do something something similar in their last game against Portland. He threw similar passes to Kaminga. So Warriors have that verticality option, and it's just about getting their guys in the right spots and running their offense and picking apart the defense. Obviously, the Denver Nuggets, much more sound defensively than Washington or Portland, uh, much more disciplined as the reigning champs. So you're not going to get away with some of the same looks as, as you've been getting away with against Washington and Portland. So long-winded way of saying that I think Jackson Davis is going to continue to see at least, you know, 10 to 15 minutes on the floor. Maybe some nights he'll be 20 minutes. Maybe some nights he'll be 20 plus. But at the end of the day, this is going to be a center by committee approach by Steve Kerr. Kevon Looney's been playing with a little bit more life as of late. You know, he had 21 minutes, 21 and a half minutes tonight against Denver. Again, part of that is matchups or matchup reasons. Looney's obviously much bigger, girthier than Jackson Davis uh, to just kind of body and keep Jokic in front of him. And uh, Dario Saric really had it going in this one. He did not make a three, but he was five of 11 from the field and four of four from the free throw line. It felt like the Warriors did a really good job at bullying Denver when Jokic wasn't on the floor, they didn't have a lot of size. And so for Wiggins, for Saric, for Kaminga, they really took advantage at getting inside, at posting up and um, and scoring in the paint. So that definitely was, was a positive in this one. So let's take this full circle. What does this all mean? Um, for starters, Andrew Wiggins, so good to get him back. He continues to play really well. He had kind of been flip-flopping good games and bad games, so it's going to continue to be a crapshoot. You know, I think, and not that this is really a fantasy basketball podcast, but if you are playing fantasy basketball out there and you're looking at Kaminga or Wiggins, I think it's going to be pretty hard to roster either of them and expect consistency. And so I think this is a situation where both guys are going to be a lot better in reality than fantasy. They're both going to limit each other's upside based on who's playing well. I do think that at the end of the day, Steve Kerr and the coaching staff want Andrew Wiggins to win back his starting job. At the same time, Wiggins has been playing very well off the bench, playing next to Chris Paul, I think has been of uh, a benefit to him. Paul, obviously very good at getting guys the ball in the right spots, similar to Draymond Green, which is why we saw Draymond Green do such a good job of setting up Andrew Wiggins in, in years past. Jonathan Kaminga has been playing well as a starter and was really good against Boston. So it's not to say, you know, you write one off or, um, and, and that's it. So I, I don't feel like there were, coaching blunders in this game. I just felt like this was a game where Clay and Curry didn't have it going. Clay just didn't really have his head in this game, um, taking a lot of threes or settling for a lot of threes that, that he really hadn't been doing in this winning streak. Curry, just a rough shooting night. Um, several plays where it looked like he was fouled and didn't get the whistle. And then Denver just really soaked up all of those fouls in the second half. Jokic just really took advantage, living at the free throw line despite only having one made field goal. 
in the first half and only four made field goals on the night. Definitely feels like if the Warriors put up uh, a similar kind of effort in another game with the likes of Draymond Green and uh, GP2 with uh, better shooting from Curry and Thompson, you feel like the Warriors could could likely hang with Denver and likely could, you know, make a, a seven-game series very competitive. So I think that's the uh, silver lining takeaway from this game for me. And now this is really about for the Warriors taking advantage of the next few weeks where they're going to play all these games at home. You've got starting on Thursday, Miami, then Dallas, then Orlando, then you've got the Denver Nuggets again, then the Detroit, Detroit Pistons, the Toronto Raptors, and the New Orleans Pelicans, finishing that off at uh, January 10th. So that is 30, that is seven games at home. Um, the Warriors are currently 500, 15 and 15. Uh, hanging around at about 10th in the West. We'll see, um, you know, standings obviously changing. The Warriors are currently sandwiched between the Lakers and the Suns, uh, who both also played today on Christmas Day. So this is a great opportunity for the Warriors to start a new win streak. Um, you know, these are not going to be easy games. Miami, Dallas, Orlando, Denver is certainly uh, a daunting four-game stretch, but then you've got Detroit and Toronto, um, and then New Orleans. So definitely some winnable games. All these games are at home. The Warriors are getting healthier. Their players are playing better. Um, and you just need to to kind of take a step back and learn from this and, and watch some tape and figure out what you can do to avoid fouling Jokic so much. And uh, Clay Thompson, you know, needs to just take a beat for for a moment and and just, you know, get back to what was enabling him to play so well over the last six games and uh, move on and and take this just one game at a time. Um, Warriors are looking much better offensively and defensively overall. And again, very happy with 13 turnovers, giving them a chance to be in this game against the reigning champs. So that's all we got for you guys today on this Christmas Day special. So if you haven't already, please give me a follow over at Twitter. That's at SD Orlick. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Again, taking on the Miami Heat on Thursday. And we'll catch you on the next one.